Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Well, Penn State basketball is six and two. The season is over. Might as well fire everybody. Start over next year. Oh, sorry, wrong podcast. Nate Bauer, Thomas Frank Carr. It's the Hoops Podcast. Nate, how you doing today? It's it's not the wrong answer. It's not the wrong sport. <laughs> I literally got I literally got DMs on our message board from people saying, eh, "Oh well, NIT will be good." <laughs> They went to double overtime. I mean, it was a great game. We're going to get into the Clemson loss here on the Hoops Podcast. First thing I need you to do, though, if you are listening to the podcast and you are currently hearing my voice, I feel like I'm a nighttime DJ right now. Coming up next, it's uh, Smooth Criminal or something else on Not Easy Listening. I don't know. It's been a long time since I was in music radio. I'm very rusty. We uh, need you to just ignore my ADHD tangents and please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, appreciate all the support so far, and uh, we're going to keep things going. We're getting into the thick of things. Next game is going to be a Big Ten opponent, but for now, we're going to be reviewing Lafayette and Clemson on the show. So uh, let's get into, first off, not to cut you off, did you have any more interesting uh, comments from the DMs? Anyone else say anything else that was... Uh, illuminating to the state of people's mental uh, processes when it comes to sports and their wounds. No, I, people are fine. It's still, it's, it's interesting because the people that follow hoops at this point are still mostly into it, right? You Mm -hmm. you haven't had the, uh, you know, kind of the last time that it happened was during that 2019 20 run where, and this is natural, but the the more you win and the more you become relevant, the more you're drawing people into the tent. And yeah. so the more people that come into the tent that hadn't been paying attention previously, uh, the, the the more, how do I put this diplomatically, the, the more varied and interesting the opinions can become. Uh, right. And so right now uh, at this kind of early stage of things, and certainly it'll be interesting to see for me. Uh, covering this team, how the dynamic shifts, if it shifts at all. Now the football's over, right? Penn yeah. State football, the regular season's done. Do people tune in? Are people yeah. are people going to be paying attention to a? And again, like this is where that that Big Ten scheduling just hurts Penn State. But are are people going to be paying attention to a six thirty game on a Wednesday when Penn State hosts Michigan State? Are they going to be in the stadium? Are they going to yeah. be at the Bray Shorten Center? So it, it'll all be very interesting. But yeah, so far, so far, so interesting for, for Penn State basketball in year two under Micah Shrewsbury. I uh, I forget what year it was, but this is back when I was 
working for those that are, are local to state college that I've heard at Sports Talk with Steve Jones. I was Steve Jones' producer for a number of years. So this has to be 2018 or 19. And I, it might have been the 19 season with that team that was projected, you know, a top 21 team for most of the season is like with Penn State going 10 and 2, losing to Minnesota, mm-hmm. can basketball fill the void? Can they can they get over the hump was my question. And this team is going to be good. You've got uh, one of the most athletically fun players to watch that I've seen in a while in Lamar Stevens. And uh, it was just, that was the question is, can they be the thing this year in time to latch on to the excitement at the end of the football season? And, yeah. and I guess I want to start there before we get into the other stuff is this team, I, I'm, I wouldn't say has a similar vibe to it. It's different, but... Is that I, I'm going to restate the question? NIL, Michael Shrewsbury, new era, a good team that you think is making the tournament this year. How do they make hay? How do they make more fans when most people assume the rug is going to be pulled out from underneath this team at some point? Yeah, I, I mean, certainly they can't. They can't worry about that. I think that the the last year was interesting because it was at times painful basketball to watch. It just was Mm -hmm. not appealing necessarily, even though they were winning and they were competitive and you had a guy in John Hera who uh, you can't not like, right? He was a guy that everybody liked. And so people pulled for him and and that all made sense. Uh, They're just a a much more visually entertaining team this year. And part of that, part of that is, uh, it's not, I mean, it's a little bit of the Golden State thing, right? Is they are just taking a ton of three pointers and making a ton of three pointers. And when yeah. you do that, that gets people going. Uh, I, I don't, you know, look for the people who, for the people who responded to me or, or whatever, it doesn't matter. Like p- people sitting in their own homes and, and said, oh, well, here we go again. Penn State, yeah. uh, you know, lost it at Clemson. This is, this is, Sign of the same old story. Yeah. The same yep. old story. I just, uh, you know, it, it is what it is, right? Like Penn state doesn't have any fans to lose, right? The, like the basketball right. fandom level. It's not, it's not as though you're, you're, um, uh, you know, man, they, they better get it back together or else. Uh, no, this is this is a team yeah. that is playing for itself, and uh, we'll see if the the followers come with yeah. wins because they're going to have some wins here to close out uh, this calendar year. So I, that is that is kind of what I'm asking is like it's not necessarily what can they do, or it's not necessarily a thing that the team can control. But how do you get out of zero? You know, how do you get to one? Because yeah. it, Teams that have to grow. This is this is the whole thing about the embaked in advantages of certain programs in college sports, where you had to be relevant in the '80s and '90s to be a blue blood program, right? So you had to you have to have this historical backlog of success and national television and all these things in football specifically. But the same thing is true in basketball of you have to have these years and years and years and layers of success. And now it feels like at least in, in on the football side, the NCAA tournament is different, right? So you do have this open door to grow as a program, but you're so far behind in these situations. There's no even playing field in college sports. So how do you build a new contender? 
Yeah, you but, know, in any sport, how do you actually build that? It's it's easy. It, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's easier in basketball because you can you don't need a ton of players of relevant impact players. You can yeah. go out and literally they've gotten three transfer portal players over the last two seasons who are starters on a five man team, right? Like a five, like five guys are on the floor and three of them are starters this year that they've, that they've gotten from the transfer portal and they all yeah. can play. They all can play. And so I, I don't, you know, I, I've been talking about fans and Penn state for forever uh, yeah. covering this program. I don't think it's necessarily relevant to this group this year because the reality is fans will come fans. Mm -hmm. If they win, if they win, fans will come. If they beat okay. either one of these top 25 ranked big 10 teams that they have yeah. uh, next week, then people will pay attention. It'll, it, it'll happen naturally. Yeah. And I guess that kind of, I think I just generally think, and this is I'm getting us so far off of what we were planning on talking about, but I find this part fascinating. So uh, I hope you find indulging me here at the beginning of the podcast that if the system is rigged, like we talked about it all the time, that the, you know, it's a TV show. It's scheduled so that the good teams get the most eyeballs, and not even the good teams, the teams that have the most fans. So it is very much a, a vicious cycle of the best teams that are traditionally good, that get the most fans, get the best view times, and they then have this, you know, that cycle, that upcycle of, of being important. And I just, I find it fascinating how you break through that to be interesting, relevant, and get eyeballs. But are you saying that they're just Penn State fans, not specifically of sports, there's enough of them out there in the weeds that when you provide a winner, they'll poke their heads up and come to the come to the table. I mean, and this is in absolutely no way a negative. I say this all the time. Nobody likes anything more than Penn State fans like Penn State <laughs> when Penn, they like winners. They like winners, yeah. and there, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. But, you know... The following of wrestling at Penn State is dramatically different today than it was 15 years ago. The 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 following of women's bas or of, of women's volleyball will be different uh, based on wins and losses. They just if Penn State has athletic programs that win, people generally support them. So I you know the the things that are bigger that's its own conversation. The things that yeah. I think have a more direct impact on wins and losses for Penn State are things like Big Ten scheduling, right? Whether or not they get home Saturday games. If they get yeah. home Saturday games, uh, Penn State will draw a crowd. People will yeah. come in for some of those games. They just tend to not get them. Because, uh, and the reason that they don't get my... them is because they haven't won the year before. Win yep. this year, and that might change. Win this yeah. year, and maybe instead of one, next year you'll have two or three. It's just it's just yeah. a process, and it's going to take winning to do that. So let's talk about some winning. Let's talk about Lafayette seventy fifty seven. Tell us about this game. Maybe people didn't get a chance to watch this one. It was on Big Ten Plus, which is not accessible unless you subscribe to Big Ten Plus specifically. Yeah. So we don't have to. We don't have to spend a ton of time. On this yeah. Game. They, give they, us they the one. Give us the recap. The, yeah, they won uh, 70 to 57. They were up 26 at one point in the second half. Uh, the, the the takeaway of this game, obviously this was last Friday, uh, Black Friday. The takeaway is 
a an opportunity for Micah Shrewsbury to lay into the freshmen and the backups because uh, they were up by a bunch and that game came back to le- less of a margin than you'd like to have. Like all of these things, no one thing becomes paramount, but all together at the end of the season, when you're talking about a resume, if that's a thing that matters for this Penn State basketball team, those are the things that, that come into play. They, they contribute to the perception of your team. And so Lafayette has a bunch of losses so far this season. Penn State had a chance to wax them and was waxing them. And Lafayette was able to come back. They went on a 17-4 run at the end of the game. Uh, a lot of Penn State's true freshmen were in the game at that time. And the garbage time turned in, you know, took that huge blowout and turned it into just a, a comfortable win. So it that was a learning process uh, or a learning thing to take away from that game for Penn State. Just quickly, did you see anything with uh, the freshman at the end of the game that you thought was interesting? Yeah, I mean, I saw Demetrius Lilly punch a dude in the face. Um, I don't, you know, it wasn't intentional, but... Uh, <laughs> He was he was pretty jacked up. It it was his first time playing this season back from a nagging injury through the preseason. Obviously, he's got some uh, some conditioning things to work out, though. Micah Shrewsbury says that those are going better, Um, you know, so it's fine. It's just what you see is a guy who's. I, I see Penn State fans hoping and wishing that there's an option that they're not seeing who will come and save the day for a presence in the post. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm here to cordially inform <laughs> that it's not there. It doesn't, yeah. they don't have it. Uh, and, and, but also that that's okay. But that's okay. There's, there, there is a route and a path to winning for this Penn State team without having a seasoned big man yeah. uh, on the floor. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, and that leads us to Clemson. Double yeah. overtime. 101-94. Yeah. A great game. You talk about the three and how interesting and exciting it is. Andrew Funk banks in the three to send it to overtime. And I just go... I just... The the three pointer, the buzzer beater, I think is the most dramatic thing in sports. Mm-hmm. It is just so electric because the minute before you're losing, it goes up and then bam, it is it it's it's so exciting. It's like a home run in the bottom of the ninth, but you're you know you're losing until that moment, and then all of a sudden it's overtime, or all of a sudden you win. Uh, yeah. But, they end up losing the game. So what did you <laughs> what did you think about the performance overall? And we'll dig into specific parts. Yeah, I I thought that um it showed a lot of a lot of guts, right? A lot of they just uh, to to stick with it, okay? And that's yeah. A- absent the the rest of the conversation of what happened in the first 
uh, 39 minutes of regulation, uh, which was a little bit of a roller coaster. They're down seven. Uh, uh, Clemson hits a three pointer with 51 seconds left. And Penn State goes into a free throw shooting contest, uh, yeah. approximation of a free throw sh- shooting contest, and just does everything right. They hit yeah. free throws, right? They hit free throws, uh, which is which is which really they started hard to shaky. Do. They started shaky to begin, but then they really locked in there. They they did. Um, they they made I don't know twenty five of twenty nine free throws for the game, um, including one from Cam Winter that was missed at down in the final the double overtime. Uh, but yeah, they they just they they just made plays, and so that was uh, certainly a kudos to them in that situation to to make the plays that they needed to make. Um, but but yeah, the the bigger the biggest takeaway for me, and I don't know if this is the biggest takeaway for everybody else. I suspect that it's not. Is that they missed badly an opportunity to put the game away, not necessarily put it away, but. To, to really take a commanding lead going into halftime. They were up mm-hmm. 10. They were up 10 with a couple minutes to play in, in the first half and had three looks, three good looks at the basket and didn't make any of them. And mm-hmm. so a 10-point lead dwindled a little bit to six, gives Clemson a little bit of momentum going into the break. Clemson comes back, and within the first four minutes of the second half, uh, you know, again, when you have an opportunity coming back from the break to, to kind of reset things, the momentum carried over for Clemson. Penn State was not able to handle it. And yeah. very quickly, a, an advantage of the first half of, that, again, grew to 10 points just dissipated and they were yeah. and they were facing an uphill climb the rest of the way. Yeah. And they were fighting back the entire second of the half trying to get back to the lead. Um, part of that was the three point looks dried up um well the the makes dried up uh were the looks as good and what is it because this is the second time in a row in the second half that the team they've lost to has been able to affect their shooting in the second half specifically uh and i know last week there were you know uh was it funk or dread that got hot against virginia tech in the second half um but for the on the whole the team struggled from three is that a concern to you that teams can shut it down eventually or is that just missing open looks that are there um yeah great question great question uh i i think that there are it's a combination of things right so so seth lundy is getting great open looks because of he's like the third or fourth option for penn state and so teams opponents are not blanketing him the way that they are funk who is really on the scouting report, the second option, uh, right? Everybody's everybody's focused in on Jalen Pickett as number one. That's that's true. But Andrew Funk is just having a tougher time getting free and finding open shots because opponents are putting bigger, more physical, more athletic defenders on him, and they're making it very difficult for him to get free. Part of mm-hmm. that is him. Part of that is him. It is on him to use screens a little bit better. Like there are, there are growth processes. He's a shooter. He's yeah. a stone cold killer. Uh, dude makes shots. Absolutely. And he made two of five on, uh, what was that? Tuesday night. But, 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 but like he needs more, he needs more looks and he wasn't mm-hmm. getting them. And so that's, you know, yeah. that's, it seemed like everything was hard in the second half. They were making every shot hard. 
Um, and you mentioned the three being exciting. Are is this is the danger in this offense that it becomes static, where Jalen Pickett is driving to kick, and then all of a sudden you got four guys standing around, and he's getting swamped in the paint, and sometimes you're not going to be able to find the outlet every single time. Um, yeah. Or or what is it about this that you think is a part of that conversation? Um, no, I mean I th- I I think it's a fine. I, like I think it's okay. I just think that they need to go in the shots. <laughs> <laughs> right go in uh, it's more complicated than that always nate <laughs> no it's not no it's not and it's and and that's the that's part of the issue is look uh they've lost two games and mm-hmm. two of the three were shooting performances from three that they've had this season are those losses the worst Which is how you said third, this was gonna worst. go right that's it's just there and and mm-hmm. i you know we talked we talked about this going into the game uh, about how a different gym, you're on the road and sight lines and all kinds of things tend to, to play into what happens with, with shooting percentage. Like they, they typically go down for teams on the road, but you know, now you're coming out of this and you've got two losses to d- decent, good, not fantastic teams yeah. that would not have been losses. Had you made one more three pointer, <laughs> literally one right. more three pointer in regulation, and and you win those games, so uh, I, I I do not anticipate that Miles Dredd, who went O of six, or Jalen Pickett, who went O of seven, will go over in many games this season. That's yeah. that, they're just I, I they're mean, too good. They've they've been they've done Dredd's, enough. To, to Dredd's had that. those, and I know that injury is part of this, uh, but Dredd's had those times where he's gone cold for two uh, game or two uh, back in the day which by the way he is the Sean Clifford of basketball I just think back to like oh yeah I remember a, a narrative about Miles Dredd from five years ago yeah yeah nah, he, but but he doesn't have to shoulder that weight now right that's not and that's, that's, that's not the main on, point that's the yeah. whole that's the freer is if if he's not going that's not great they, they do need him off the bench and they need him to be consistent, but he's not the only guy who can hit threes for them. But, but you can't, you can't have two, right? You can't have two guys go over yep. for 13. Like that's not, it's just not, that's not an equation that Penn state's going to be successful with. So yeah, yeah make, make a couple, make a couple more shots, but pick it in the paint was great. I mean, yeah. some of the shots and some of the difficulty of the shots he was making, um, just impressive. And and, yep. and the, the the is that the balance to the offense? Is him? And we should talk about Cam Winter too. The the game that Cam Winter had those two guys and how they played in this game because you know how it always works as you say is like you focus on the negative, even if not necessarily trying to be negative, but it is understanding the storyline of what was the what was the conflict here. But these yeah. guys were great. Yeah. Uh... You know, Pickett Pickett was up and down again. I mean, he just he he didn't make some outside shots that he had great looks at in in a couple of instances. Cam Winter, I thought, was the best that he's played, and I don't know that this is something that you can necessarily expect on a game by game basis from him. But you know, he made threes early. He made a couple of threes out of the gate that just they propel him and. Mike Shrewsbury talked about it on Monday that this has been a point of emphasis for Cam. He he has been working, uh, you know, pretty tirelessly and consistently 
with assistant coach Adam Fisher on his shot, on his shot day in, day out, working on that shot and improving it. And you can see that the numbers are considerably improved for him this season on what, what he's done previously in his career. And especially down the stretch uh, at Drexel, he took a little bit of a dip um, in his three point percentage so no it's that's but he also he also brought a little bit of Jalen Pickett to the floor yes right? like he, some of his back to the basket stuff his stuff uh, in the paint was very good it, it again it just it bodes well for them to to have those things in their pocket that versatility within their roster it's just a matter of hey you, you got to be able to bring it together and not have such a stark drop off for the guys who don't have it on that night. What'd you see from Keba Jai? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's like, is it as, is it a huge deal that he is not a polished big man in his first season at Penn state? No, absolutely not. The, the imbalance that I see is that I think people's expectations for him or their optimism for him just doesn't match the player that he is currently. Right. Right. It, I, right. Cause, cause you see it, you see the athleticism, you see the flash a little bit. Um, he, he's just, he's just not consistent. He's young. He's, he's all of the things that are anticipated and expected out of a, a true freshman. And so the key to me is not that he's got warts that have to be improved upon. That's natural. That's exactly what you'd expect. It's that Penn State shouldn't need necessarily to be overly reliant on him. And I don't think right. that they are. I don't think that they are, and I don't think that they will be. They're um, not playing but, in a but, style that expects him to be anything in particular. No, I just, I, I think it's okay. I, I think it's okay. And I mean, I can, I can already hear the people, uh, you know, who will disagree with me on this, but PJ Hall got really hot in the second half and in overtime, he made yeah. a bunch of what I thought were very challenging, difficult baskets. He had some easy looks too. And Keba was a part of that, but it's not as though Keba just rolled over in, in the process there. Uh, if you've got, if you are making life difficult to make twos, that's all that Penn State can ask for. That's all that yeah. they want, right? But on the other side of that, uh, he just he needs to be stronger with the basketball. He uh, right the, the strip and yeah. the run out that yeah, kind of separated rough. things in the second overtime that that hurt Penn State. Uh, you know his um, his rebounding is is fine. It's okay. Uh, he finished with five rebounds in 16 minutes, but he just, he just is, it's going to be a process for him. And I think that that effort performance on Tuesday night kind of demonstrated that a little bit. What about Andrew Funk? Cause he had an interesting game given the theatrics, but at times some, you know, catch reset shoot didn't go well for, for Penn state in the second half. He's a part of a couple of those. What did you think of his performance? I just got to correct myself real quick. I was looking at the Lafayette box score. Uh, 21 minutes, three rebounds for Kevin. Okay. You know, gotcha. uh, but but zero points. And that zero points, that made an impact. Um, yeah. Well, Andrew was, he's just, again, he, he needs to, 
he, he's going to have a little bit of a learning curve here in creating space for himself. He, he's, yep. His shot gets off very quickly. He, he is a guy who, who made threes, uh, right? He, he was able to make two of five. He scored 14 points, played 43 minutes of that 50 minute game. Um, but yeah, he just five, five, three pointers for him isn't enough. It's not enough. And so that's, that's where that distribution comes into play is okay. If, if teams are going to take him away and they are going to absolutely try to take him away, it's going to be And Michael Shrewsbury talked about this. It's going to be about getting him looks, drawing up looks for him in certain spots. And just no matter what he's taking the shot and that's what they got to get into overtime and he made it, he, he, he made that tough shot. Uh, it's just, it's just a matter of those other moments during the game, the, 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 the big bulk of the game, he he's got to find more ways to create space for himself because he, they need that element. They need him to take those shots. And he wasn't the one uh, that was getting those looks on Tuesday night. So two names, we'll call it two losses, Yep. What does this do to the non-conference schedule and the ramifications down the road? It's fine. It's fine. It's not. It's not great. Uh, you know, certainly they would like. If Penn State goes nine and two in the non-conference, they'll be very happy with that. Uh, what they won't have is the quad one wins that Virginia Tech. On the on in a neutral site and at Clemson would represent, uh, you know, like it's just it's just way too early to get into the math of right. Do you, do you need to win ten games in the Big Ten? If you go ten and ten with a nine and two non conference, you're probably getting into the tournament. I mean, you you yeah. will get into the tournament. It just pre- it places more pressure on performing in the Big Ten and not having sure. a two or three game slump where correct traditionally teams can get into slumps and you you got to avoid that. So some of the margin for error, one of our favorite Penn State cliches in sports here uh, is gone now. Huge. It's it's that 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 is exactly it is if you win those games, if you win one of those two games, you create some breathing space for yourself where if you have an off night, which happens to everybody and you lose a game that you should like to me, that's the bigger thing is it's not about, you know, like they're going to they they need to beat some of the Big 10's top third teams anyway to to yeah. to have that resume uh but you can if you if you win at Clemson you can lose on the road to a mid-tier Big 10 team and it's not yeah. the end of the world right yeah. but but now but now the impetus is on okay you have to hold serve against the bottom, like the dregs of the Big Ten, of which there aren't many. But when you have those games, you gotta win them home and away. Uh, and now you gotta now you gotta find one or two to steal. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Do you feel about your preseason prediction, or I guess mm-hmm. the early non-conference prediction about this team, the same way that you do uh, now? Um. Yes. I, okay. I do just because like you said, it's the, early. Yeah, it's early. They're the anomalies, uh, what they've had in, in these two games. And yes, there's some of the better big conference competition that they've had so far, but I don't think that that will be the norm. And I, I have a little bit of, uh, 
I'm not going to call it blind faith because I think that I've seen it already that part of what Micah Shrewsbury does is have the answer to what's coming, right? Is, right. is being, okay, here's, here's what Penn State was at the beginning of the season. Here's what opponents were doing. Here's how opponents adjusted to what Penn State was doing. How does Penn State figure out how to continue to do what it does well uh, in knowing that that's what opponents are going to do. Cause now, cause right. now, you know, like the, not that necessarily the blueprints out and some teams will do different things to Penn state. But if this is the approach of trying to take away picket and funk from deep, how, how do you respond to that? Who, who do you have? Who are the horses that can make those shots? And I think that they know who they are. They just have to make them just have yeah. to do it. So before we get into kind of previewing, before we get into previewing the next couple of games, I want to ask you kind of, a, and I, I apologize for, I try very hard not to bring football in here, but I can't help it sometimes. Yeah. So we talk a lot about growth of a team, right? Over the course of a season and getting better. Certain players though, are not going to get any better. Like they are mm -hmm. who they are. We know what they are, good or bad. They are known quantities. Sean Clifford wasn't going to get any better this season. He could just play better or worse based on the opponent and things like that. Um, the veteran starters, mm -hmm. is there room for growth there? Cause I understand the young players and, and again, to go back to football, the defense had a lot of young players that started playing really good late in the season. So, the freshmen, can they get better to make this team different or improved over the course of the season? And is there room of, for growth for the veteran players that are kind of, you know, they're more defined as to what they are in their role and their talents? No, I think I think the Cam winner is the demonstration of that improvement happening in front of your eyes. He's already better than he was at the very beginning of the season. Like nobody was calling him for 26 point games in certainly in the preseason, but even within his first few performances, people's perceptions were, Oh, this guy doesn't have it. And that was not my understanding. <laughs> that was never my understanding through the preseason, through the summer, uh, all of the internal feedback that I was understanding was no, this guy can play. This guy can mm -hmm. play. And there's an adjustment process to playing off the ball, but he, he is better than he was when he got to Penn state. Uh, Seth Lundy is better. Seth Lundy had a great game on, mm -hmm. on Tuesday. He, he is a better player now than he was uh, certainly last season. And that was a good player last season. But no, I, I do think that there is, is growth opportunity for the veterans. But then also you're starting to see uh, Kanye Clary at point guard. He, he yep. does some things. He, he changes some things for Penn State. He brings some things to the floor. Evan Mahavey is yep. not a guy who necessarily is polished like i said he's he's gonna be fun this year yeah <laughs> he's yeah, gonna be no. the fun dude that's flying around everywhere and is diving on every ball and is making those um i think those maybe not jamari wheeler in the sense of the speed but the jamari wheeler plays where it's just like wow look at that i can't i can't believe that happened he had a moment on tuesday where he had a take to the basket right offensively where he just he just flew by his guy, gets up, he's right there and just can't finish. He can't, he can't complete the play. And you, you say to yourself, okay, 
this is these are the tools that he has to work with that if they can be refined and your expectation would absolutely for his age and and how much he's played been that he can do that okay this is dangerous this is a dangerous guy who who will be able to help penn state he he creates a flexibility for shrewsbury and the coaching staff i, I absolutely anticipate that he will continue to get better and become a bigger and bigger part of the process for them, uh, right with minutes and so on and so forth. I mean, they're just you could see the the foundation of at Charleston. Shrewsbury kind of went to like an eight man team, seven seven man rotation. Uh, I, I very much think that as the freshmen get better, more comfortable, more confident see the ball go through the basket, he, he will he will extend that bench. There, there are guys in that freshman class who, when you pick and choose your spots, they can help you, and I think they'll do that. So let's get to what's coming up then, because there's a break here, and then it's back into Big Ten play, or I should say starting Big Ten pe- play for the season. So lay out what this week means for the team. Another We, we previewed this last podcast Another area for growth, another week of reflection and practice. Yep. Yeah. You get you get eight days between Clemson and Michigan State. Michigan State is on Wednesday, December 7th at 630 at the Bryce Jordan Center. You have a quick turnaround after that game uh, in terms of the, the. Well, let me rephrase. It's a relatively it's a it's a it's kind of a standard turnaround. But for this time of season, it feels quick. Yeah. Wednesday night. And then you got a Saturday game at Illinois. Both of these are top 25 team. I, I don't have the rankings in front of me, but um, Michigan State was ranked top 25. Illinois uh, was ranked top 25. So, I think Illinois squished somebody the other day. Like it was like 77 to 40 or something like that. It's going to be, it's uh, at Illinois is traditionally a tough game. And I would anticipate that continuing to be the case. But Michigan State, and we will get more into this uh, next week, represents a little bit of an opportunity. Michigan State just lost to, to Notre Dame. They have three losses now. They're five and three. Um, and and it's way too early for Ken Palm, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's a crutch. Michigan State's like one spot ahead of Penn State in the current Ken Palm rankings. Gotcha. So, you know, as the metrics go, they've had, I, I would say, unequivocally tougher competition. They've played... Um, Gonzaga, they had a one point loss to Gonzaga. They beat Kentucky. Um, you know, they, they lost to Alabama in, you know, they, they just play these neutral say tournaments and they've had some success and some, some losses, but that's, that's a game that if, if you're Penn state, your season does not in any way ride on getting a split between Michigan state and Illinois. But if you could, if you could get a split, if you could win two games, it it sets up very very well. It's just got a matter of that of, margin for error back, baby. Correct. You get you get more cards in the deck to play with. Yeah. So a little more butter be... on your toast. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So no. So we'll we'll see what happens. It could be an opportunity. You know, you got to make your own juice when you're Michigan State uh, <laughs> at the Bryce Jordan Center for a six thirty game on a Wednesday in December. Listen, we're recording this after lunch, and we're making all kinds of food uh, analogies, and I'm hungry again, so we're going to need to get a snack after the show. Um, the you're, You point out the road stuff already. 
Uh, why? I mean, I understand the, the realities of why, but why do some teams struggle more on the road than others, especially with shooting? Miles Dredd said on Monday that he was always taught that you need to be 10 points better through the course of a game on the road than you are at home. And that sounds about right to me. It yeah. sounds about right. To, you know, it's, uh, uh, I'm not going to lean on this because I don't think it's that big of a deal all the time, but officiating tends to be a little skewed in some of those situations. Uh, your shooting numbers are going to drop. Uh, you know, just all, all of the thing making mental mistakes, which you saw there were mental mistakes in that game at Clemson, all of those things play into it. And so you just, you need to find a way to overcome some of those natural deficiencies that are going to happen. But that's, that's the deal right now for, for Shrewsbury and for this Penn state basketball staff is all right. (laughs) It's one, it's one thing to, to go one in 10 last year. This was your first true road game. And this is in no way a trend for this season, but you, you got to figure it out. Don't let gotta, it be. Don't exactly. Don't, don't let it become, don't let it become more of a story than it already is because at one and 11, I think that you can identify, okay, this, this is a thing of, of Penn state needing to get over that hump a little bit. Uh, in winnable games, which certainly I, I think Clemson was, and certainly some of those other opportunities that they had last year were, but diff- you know, different team, New Year, it's all, yeah. it's always different. It's just you you don't want to let that become that big of an issue. Yep. Okay. The holidays are coming up, and I'm not trying to sell you a bike or any sort of home fitness equipment. I just want everyone to realize that. Um, Schedules get a little hectic, so we're going to give you a preview of what's up after Illinois. So what's coming up on the schedule after those two tough Big Ten games? Uh, they get another break. They get another break, and then it's, uh, you know, I'm not going to say garbage, but you're, you're loading up on some snacks, some yeah. some dessert there uh, in three games before. <laughs> some holiday pie. Is, pie. is Is pie its most popular around the holidays? Is that a fair statement to make? Other than even even during the summer, apple pie for for the Fourth of July. Fourth of July, sure. Yeah, I feel like pie is exclusively a holiday food, which is tragic because I love pie. I think pie is better than cake by a mile. But uh, you know, it's been relegated to holidays because it's an old world food before sugar was invented, and you know your your main source of sugar was fruit. There's no question. I was just <laughs> just talking about pie. <laughs> yeah, I like shepherd's pie. I'm a huge shepherd's pie fan. But so I, I have never been introduced to uh, meat pies or anything other than you know the fruit pies and the podcast. Okay, and the podcast. <laughs> right. Any last basketball thoughts before you get out of here? And I say anything more about pie. The season's not over. Penn State fans who are on the edge of deciding whether or not they want to be Penn State fans, I would watch the Michigan State game. I think it's going to be interesting. All right. Well, we will be there afterwards to talk about it, break it down, and give you some more perspective on it. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. That is Nate Bauer. The Hoops Podcast is coming soon to YouTube. I won't promise a date yet, but for those people that like to watch on that forum, we will be bringing you something 
um, in the near future. Until then, and please, even afterwards, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, rate, review, help us grow our uh, uh, our podcast network, which, by the way, Nate, is amazing. We are going to do half a million episode downloads for this year before the end of the year. So happy thank new year you. to everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to the listeners. Seriously. We, we genuinely yeah. appreciate it. You are why we do this and yeah. uh, we hope you like it and we'll be doing more. We'll talk to you later. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.